It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.08 on a Saturday morning, 64 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Rees, a Georgia gardener, and I am here to remind everyone that if possum, or at least Robert and Tucker called us during the break, to remind us that possums are a blessing, not a pest. He wanted us to be sure to tell everybody that possums are a good thing, which I certainly agree with. I think possums are good animals. I have nothing against the possum. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm hesitating. I'm debating right now whether to tell you what I did with the last possum that came wandering around my house. All right, I'll tell you what, if somebody will give me a call, 404-872-0750, 404-872-0750, and not ask about possums, just give us enough time to get a little call uh, built up here, I'll tell you what happened to the last possum that came to my house. How about that? I had a trap, and I put it up to catch what I thought was going to be armadillos that were digging in my woods. And instead of an armadillo, I caught, well, a possum. And I thought, now well, we've got this possum. What am I going to do with him? I love possums, of course. And so I put him in the in the garage and thought, well, now I called my neighbor Carl. I said, Carl, what can we do with the possum? Be sort of fun to do. Hmm. He came over, looked at the possum. He said, well, if we could hold him safely, we could sort of clean him up, make him not smell so good, put put some perfume on him. I thought, no, that's not nice. A possum wants to smell like. A possum. A possum doesn't want to smell like flowers and trees and things like that. What can we do other than, than perfume? Hmm. I said, I have it. I have it, Carl. I got it. We are going to give this possum a spa makeover. How are you going to do that? All right, watch this. I went indoors, and I got a laundry bag, big cotton laundry bag, and I put it over the end of the of the trap, and I poked him a little bit so the possum went down into the laundry bag, and then with him in the bag, you could hold on to him. You could, you know, control where his body was. So I held the possum in very gentle. I didn't do anything mean to him. But I held the uh, possum in place, and Carl got a little bottle of clear, or not clear, but red nail polish and painted every one of the possum's nails on his mani and on his petty. And then we thought, well, he's got to have a taily in here, too. So we painted the tail pink, 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 pink. It was the cutest little possum you've ever seen in your life. Very, very proud of himself. And we let the possum go. He went, or she went up in the tree and uh, stood up there sort of examining her nails, thinking, wow, I am just the prettiest little thing up here in this neighborhood right now. So if you have a possum and if you are willing to interact with and have a good relationship to a possum, yes, you can give them a mani and a petty and a taily. And I promise I'm not telling a lie to you. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. If you have a possum, by the way, that you want to know, you don't want to do anything with it. You have a question about how to, re- to deter them or maybe trap them to get them out of the backyard because it drives your dogs crazy. Or if you have a raccoon, if you have possums and raccoons and squirrels and chipmunks and things like that, that you need some advice on what to do with them. I do have some advice on what to do with wild or nuisance uh, nuisance animals that we can do something with them as well. 404-872-0750. We're still looking for somebody who put their name there. There's Betty. I knew possibly Betty was in here. Hey, Betty. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Betty. 
Well, I had a problem first with squirrels that moved into the attic that chewed up through the soffit. Yeah. And then I had a problem with blossoms that ripped into the house under the venting in the crawl space, uh, yeah. had babies, had to hire a company to trap them and get them out of there. And then they left ticks and fleas that Ooh. infested the house. Yeah. So at the tune of a few thousand dollars, I don't really care for possums. I don't care how you paint their nails. <laughs> or I don't blame you. I would do or the same as feed them by hand. Right. And um, the mother came back for the b- babies, and even after they had screened up all the vents, she ripped them off to get back in. Of course, the babies had already been trapped and removed. Yeah. Maybe she could smell them. She knew they used to be in there somehow. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. disagree, Betty. Possums are not always a cute little beneficial animal that you want to put up on your lap and pet while you watch television. Uh, but occasionally you can have some, some fun with them without uh, demeaning them or causing them to have low self-esteem or anything that would make a possum feel badly about themselves. And they certainly do bring in sometimes lice and, and fleas and ticks and things like that. So if they're under your house, yeah, let's trap them. Get a, a live trap is what I've used many times before to catch a possum. And you can get a little tomahawk or have a heart trap and bait it with a little bit of a cat food or something like that and catch two or three possums in a day or two and uh, take them on a little trip away from your house about a mile, mile and a half is fine and let them go. Just let them go and let them be on the business somewhere else. Well, we tried to do the humane thing and trap them and get them out of there but after they left and then the parasites exploded, yeah. uh, I'm not very sympathetic so I doubt that I'd get out of the car and remove one from the road if it was playing dead I, I think I'd just keep on driving call Robert and Tucker and ask him what he wants, wants you to do about that possum in the road because he was very adamant we need to leave him alone not do anything to him and I guess that's the best thing to do leave him alone not do anything to him is a good rule for most uh, wild creatures did you have any other questions Betty that's that's the only comment I wanted to make. Is I, I, I guess I just want to know um, if the man in Tucker got dropped on his head. <laughs> Betty, I hope he's not listening right now. That would make, that would make Robert not feel so good, wouldn't it? Betty's no, great. I guess not. Thank you. you. I hope those possums do not return to your house. I Me too. do not come back to Betty's house in Lilburn because she is not a, not a willing uh, landlady for the possum problem in her neighborhood. As again, one of the things that Robert pointed out when we had our conversation earlier is that possums don't seem to be um, affected by snake venom, by rattlesnake and copperhead and things like that venom. I don't know that to be true. It is possible, I guess, but one of the things that I've been told is their body temperature is a little bit too low to support the uh, venom inside your body. That's what helps them to recover and not be affected by the venom of, of venomous snakes. But I don't know that to be true at all. One of the Creatures that I still get enough calls to know they're a problem here in Atlanta are armadillos. You know, I was trying to find if I had one in my backyard. I did not, but uh, armadillos still are inside the Atlanta perimeter highway, readily inside the perimeter highway, all around Peachtree DeKalb Airport, all around uh, South DeKalb County, and down there to the South River, over on the west side of near the Chattahoochee, over on the uh, east side near Stone Mountain. And so you have lots and lots of armadillos that are. In Atlanta, in fact, there is not a county in Georgia that does not have an armadillo in it somewhere. The 159 counties in Georgia, 
Every one of them has an armadillo. And we used to say, oh, they'll never get north of I-20. It's just too cold. They'll never get north of, uh, you know, Lilburn. It's just too cold. They'll never get north of uh, Gainesville or Athens. It's just too cold for an armadillo up there. My friends, armadillos are in every county in Georgia. If you want to know how to trap an armadillo, basically just make a V, make a little low fence that makes a big wide mouth V. At the narrow part is where you put the trap and let the armadillo just walk into it. There's no bait that attracts them. There's nothing that makes an armadillo want to come to your trap at all. It's just guiding them into the mouth of the trap. And when the trap is closed on them, then you have to decide what to do about it. And this is one where Betty's point about possums comes into play. According to the law, you need to euthanize that possum, that armadillo because the armadillos have a chance of carrying their own little armadillo diseases from place to place in the county or in the state. And so relocating them, taking them out to the farm and, you know, Tucker or taking them somewhere else is not the greatest idea for the population as a whole. And so you call an animal control person, perhaps call a neighbor that's used to using lethal weaponry and uh, euthanize your armadillo. They're not supposed to be relocated. Same with raccoons. If you have a a uh, animal control company that comes in and catches the raccoons that are underneath your porch and says, we're going to take these out to the farm, out way far out and let them loose on the farm. By law, they have to euthanize the raccoons. Same deal. Too many diseases, too many things that could happen to the raccoon population, all because somebody took one and relocated it around. It's 404 is my number. It's 717. We'll be back after this. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news and traffic teams will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get to work on time and informed. Now back to Walter Reeves and his lawn and garden expertise on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Mostly cloudy skies today, high 72, low of 57. Sunday, mostly clear skies, high around at 70 degrees, low of 54, and maybe 40 to 50% chance of rain. The full weekend forecast comes within 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. And right this minute, Ryan and McDonald joins us. Hey, Ryan. Good morning. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Walter. What's you got? What you have? What do you got? Well, Walter, I want to call you. I have chipmunks who insist on digging holes, burrowing right at the, around the foundation of my house. Yeah. And, and I want to know the best way to, to get them to move on. <laughs> my backyard is bordered by about 10 acres of woods. I don't, I'm, I don't mind the chipmunks, but I wish they'd just go on back to the woods and quit trying to burrow up around the foundation of my house. How do you feel about snakes? Snakes, uh, I don't really care for them. Uh, they're good control of chipmunks. Yeah, well, that's true. I haven't. I, usually, I see quite a few snakes, yeah. but I haven't really seen many this year in my yard. You know, the truth of the matter is, Ryan, there's hardly any way to to make a chipmunk not be at your house or your property. There's so many things that they like to eat that are near the house. You can't control seeds and you know, bird seed things like that, of course, but also there's little drips of water from the faucet and places that are sheltered. They can dig their holes and make little burrows and things like that. 
Mm-hmm. And so as far as changing the environment, which is normally the first thing I start with, how can we change the environment to make that chipmunk not want to be over here at Ryan's house? Not a whole lot you can change to make a chipmunk unhappy. So beyond that, for some other creatures like the possum, maybe the armadillo a while ago, the rats, of course, is a lethal, lethal control. And chipmunks are a protected species. I cannot tell you to go get a mouse trap or a rat trap and trap your chipmunks because they are protected. They are not an animal that you're supposed to do that to. Uh-huh. So what do we have next? You can find their burrows, I guess, and always keep a little bucket of gravel and throw the gravel into the burrow, pack it down with a two-by-four so they can't uh, dig through it much easily and change the environment that way. Um, mothballs, gasoline, smoke bombs, none of those work, so don't try to give me anything about mothballs and gasoline. Oh, really? Nope, okay. Doesn't work. Um, and beyond that, just take take. I guess comfort in the fact that the population ebbs and, and falls. Every day is going to, every uh, year it's going to be very high in the summertime, like right now and a little bit later. And then as uh, disease and dogs and cats and things capture them and they die from other winter weather, then their numbers will drop down. They might have, have two in January. But of course, chipmunks breed. So then by June, you right. have 200 or seems like 20 maybe. So I think that what you got to do is try to ignore them as much as you can to try to pack gravel in the burrows as best you can. If you see a snake, don't kill the snake. Leave the snake be. Let him be at your property and hopefully help you to control the chipmunks. And that's about all I've got. Okay. So I don't really need to worry about the burrows right up against the foundation of my house, you know, because I know they're usually going to have more than one way out of there, yeah. you know what I'm you know what I'm saying? I just kind of got concerned with all the digging right up against the foundation of the house. I'm not an architect, so I'm not qualified to answer, but in my yeah. observation and opinion, no, they don't have much to do with the weakening of the foundation and the slab underneath the house. But okay. I'm not qualified to tell you that, so don't take what I say with any, with any value. I understand. Yeah, I understand, Walter. All right, well, thank you very much. I appreciate right, you. Ryan. Good luck with them. Okay, thank you. 404 is my number. In just a few minutes, I'll get to talk to Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery to announce the Pike Pick of the Weekend, what's going to be on sale for 20% off at all Pike Nurseries. We'll talk to Judy and Kent about her way of getting the armadillos into a trap. Carolyn Marietta says, why should we even care about the possums? And Mikey McDonald wants to know how to break the life, of the, the life cycle of morning glories. How can you stop morning glories from being in his garden? You can join us, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.36 on a Saturday morning, 62 degrees outside. We're counting down, of course, this morning to 8 a.m. when the Lawn and Garden Show will end because of the Bulldog pregame show. So if you have not gotten your question in, go quick, 404-872-0750. We're joined every Saturday morning at 8.35. I'm Mickey Gathaway from Pike Nursery. This morning, though, at 8.35, we'll be talking about Bulldog Game Day. So let's talk with Mickey Gathaway right now. Hi, Mickey. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hey, we're just great. What's going on with Good. you? Good. Good, good, good. Great. Good, 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 good. It could be better to be a football weekend as far as I'm concerned. 
And not as far as I'm concerned either. That's a great. <laughs> we were not going to talk about who we. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. Support, we're not. but nonetheless, it is a wonderful weekend in Georgia. And <laughs> yes, other it states is. Nearby. And other states as well. So, Mickey, this weekend, <clears throat> Pike Nursery at all the locations has something I think a lot of people will be interested in planting in their landscape. <clears throat> what is it? Yeah, it's ornamental cabbage and kale. And those are some of the most colorful, undemanding, and more bang for the buck than just about anything you can plant. So easy. They really, really, really are. As long as you get them in full sun. Full sun, I think, is the key because that's when the color really, really pops when mm-hmm. you've got it in full sun. Yeah. makes it much brighter. And there are some in the colors, some real dark purples and some pinks and some whites. It's really pretty. It's pretty stuff. And different textures. I like the textures in the garden as well. I know nothing about the history of how the ornamental cabbages and kales were developed. But <clears throat> it was just probably somebody who was growing a bunch of edible cabbages and kales said, boy, that's a purple one. It's really pretty. I'll put it by the porch over here and see if people don't like it during the, during the wintertime. And I, I imagine that was own, it. Yeah, develop their own market for it. Look at there. Yeah. Ornamental cabbage. Ornamental <laughs> kale. Purple and white. Purple and white. They got them. Yeah, let's sell some purple and white pansies <laughs> to go with it. How about it? That reminds me. Yeah. I, there's a pansy, and I, I meant to look for the name of it this morning, but it's pink, and it, some of them have got a little bit of yellow in them. Mm-hmm. They are so pretty with those purple pansies. If you put it with the purple um ornamental cabbage kale it looks so good it looks like it was made for it wow. so if you're looking for what color to put with it what color pansy yeah. try that one of course the purples and the yellows and all look good with everything but but that's a really pretty one so everybody needs to look for that and i think fertilizing is a good idea for the ornamental mm-hmm. cabbage and kale they like to be fed a little bit during the winter time and uh yeah. so some get some fertilizer from dr earth or other osmocote yeah. or something from pike yeah yeah that's what i would use they were just great. Any classes coming up, Mickey? Uh, we've got one. Well, today we've got, but you have to have signed up for it. We're doing a pumpkin planting class oh, with yeah. succulents, so that's going to be fun. And then we've got a um, a fall container class coming up Both in the next you, couple of weeks. You need to register for the fall container class? You know, I think you're supposed to, but it's not really a... I think you probably could sneak in if you didn't, but, uh, but I think you're supposed to. It's not a make and take, okay. but uh, it's going to be a fun class. So let's summarize real quickly here. All Pike Nursery locations are going to have ornamental cabbage and kale for sale for 20% off every day of this weekend, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, to tell the cashier that it is the Pike Pick of the Weekend. They could be used with a lot of other things, too, so it's a great plant to put out this weekend to sort of brighten up the front door of your house. Classes yeah. coming up. You can get some details on that by going to the Pike Nursery location. But before we learn where the Pike Nursery location is, Mickey Gasway, I have a job for you. Okay, tell me. I want you to think of a number between two and seven. Okay. Three. All right, three. That will determine who wins our weekend prize pack. Oh, okay. And so DeMarco is going to be out there answering the phone call. The third caller, you said, is going to win a pair of to see Andrea Bocelli in concert with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra on February 13th at Infinite Energy Arena. Tickets go on sale Monday at 10 a.m. at the Infinite Energy Center. So a pair of tickets to see Andrea Bocelli 
The third caller to 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Mickey, you do that so well. You can do it every week. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I like doing that. Somebody is really happy that you do this. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. That's my math skills, one to ten. So you made those people happy, and we'll make <laughs> other people happy by telling them where you can go to find the uh, Pike Nursery locations all around town and get these uh, ornamental cabbages and kales on sale 20% off. Where do we go? At PikeNursery.com. Hey, would. I would, too. You have a great day. We're going to have a great day. Have See fun. you Let's, later. See you soon. 404 Judy in Canton swears that she can get an armadillo into a trap by doing what, Judy? What do you say? Hey, good morning, Walter. Yeah. Well, what you do is you put a piece of cardboard under the trap on the ground. Yeah. So, like you said, there's no bait that really makes them come in. So you try to look where their little path is. Once it goes in, the trap closes. They urinate on that board. Then you take pick the trap up, and the uh-huh. cardboard's still left on the ground. Yeah. And you and see, I did trap and release, so I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what you just, you know, this yeah, morning yeah. what you were talking about. Okay. <laughs> so I did bad. But then the next time, Steve, then that draws the other because one mama has four babies, four identical twins. Yep. And through her lifespan, she has 56 babies. Ooh, that's a lot of So you want to get rid of those little varmints as quick as you can. <laughs> and they bore is like 15 <laughs> feet wide. So anyway, that's my scoop on the armoretto. Judy, so. you are correct because the um, wildlife specialist at the University of Georgia, Mike Minjack, did a uh-huh. control uh, study on what baits would help to attract uh Armadillos. He used, let's see, he used worms and a little uh, piece of hose. He used fruit. He used three or four other things. He used empty traps completely. He got no yeah. difference in any of the traps. They're all metal traps. That was the thing. They're all metal traps. And I've heard numerous people say if you use a wooden trap that you've caught an armadillo in before, where they've urinated inside, they will right. come to that trap preferentially. And you're sort of the same thing. Put cardboard underneath the trap. Get some armadillo urine on it, and use that to catch the rest of them in the in the neighborhood. I have a question. Did you read that um, the mother, like, if she felt danger and said so she will not have her baby, she'll wait and hold her delivery until she's in a safe area. I have so, never read I mean, that. they could care. So, you know, I don't know what their, you know, how long they carry their babies. I forgot, but. Anyway, that I thought, oh, Lord, I've got to get rid of these things. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting interesting uh, theory. I don't yeah. know if that's true or not, Judy. But thank you for your tip about how to trap yeah. the armadillo. Well, I appreciate it. All right. Well, have a good day. And go dogs. <laughs> go dogs. Thank you for calling, Judy. Mike and McDonough joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, how you doing, sir? Okay, Mike, what's I'm, up? I was wondering if you had any tips on breaking the life cycle of morning glories in my vegetable garden. They are extremely annoying and they just keep coming back year after year yeah <laughs> that sounds like a no well it okay. sounds like was about to make a smart aleck comment which was good luck with that mike uh, <laughs> you know when i was a kid on the farm in fayette county not so far from where you are my dad's constant chore in the summertime was go up there and hoe the morning glories out of the uh, garden out of the tomatoes out of the beans out of the corn and my brothers and I would hoe and hoe and hoe and hoe for three or four or five years. I don't think there's a single dent in the morning glory population ever made. So to break the cycle, you could 
be continuously vigilant about removing the plants that seeds can lay in the soil dormant for at least three years, maybe five. And so you have to do this for several years to make sure nothing ever germinates, nothing ever flowers, and nothing makes any seed. That's how theoretically to do it, but uh, good luck with that. Yeah, I try to be adamant about taking them out, but when they get in the beans, sometimes it's hard yeah. to tell the morning when they leaves from the beans. Yeah, it sure is. And now that the beans are dried, I'm clearing out to put my cover crop. The other question I had was, I can see some morning glories have gone to seed that are dried up. Yeah. And I have one of those uh, propane flamethrower things. Can I can I burn them? Sure. Uh, does that kill the seeds? Sure. Or would I just make the vines burn and the seeds fall to the ground? If you hit the flame right on the seed, it'll make them pop, and they will be dead, and they won't germinate at all. So yeah, the flame would work fine. Do it with a friend, though, Mike. I'll tell you, I have set mulch on fire on numerous occasions by <clears throat> misapplying flames in my garden. And so you need somebody to look around and say, whether or not your pants or your mulch or your other garden tools and sheds are on fire or not, don't do it by yourself. All right, sounds good. Appreciate it. You bet, Mike. Thanks for calling. We got Jackson in Austell. Jackson, good morning. Jackson? Jackson. Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. Jackson, not there. Let's put Jackson back on hold right here. Carol and Marietta. Join us on Lawn and Garden, Carol. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I, I turned the radio on just as you were finishing up your discussion about the possum and stuff. <laughs> and, um, you, you know, you said you should set them free. Yeah. So um, what is their benefit in the environment? I mean, I'm, I'm all for letting animals live in the environment and not in my house. That'd be fine. So why are they good for the environment? There's a, I see a truck driving down the highway not far from where I live. He's, he pumps out... Um, Jiffy Johnny's, I want to call them, the, the workplace bathrooms where you go around to places where people are working, you know. That's right. a job I would never want in my life to pump out a Jiffy John. Mm-hmm. Possums do sort of that. <laughs> they control. Oh. They eat and kill, clear out things that you would not want to touch in your life. They oh, may gosh. not clean out the Jiffy Johns, but they do a lot to um, clean up things that are nasty. And, as, and they're not aggressive. They certainly don't do any attacking of children or animals or pets or anything. And so for that reason, I don't see any reason why you want to torment them. They do a good job. They do what they're supposed to do. They're not aggressive. Only thing that's bad about them, if there is one, is they'll run across the fence and make all the dogs in the neighborhood yip at them and <laughs> wake everybody up. But I just don't see anything bad about possums other than waking up the dogs and the people. They do a good job, and I'd leave it alone. Okay, I agree. Thank you so much. All right. If you agree that I agree, we're all to it, Carol. Thanks so much for calling. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for calling. 747 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Walter Reeves' Lawn and Garden and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Walter. It's 753 at Quick Weather. They've by a roof and mostly cloudy skies today. High of 72, low of 57. Sunday, mostly clear, though. High of, 40, no, high of 70 and low of 54. The 40%, 45% chance of rain perhaps on Sunday and Monday as well. 404-872-0750 is my number, but you can't dial that number because we broke it up because we have the pregame show starting up there. So let's go to Karen and Buckhead first in line. Hey, Karen, good morning. 
Uh, good morning. I was just wondering on my house plants to bring them in for the winter. Hmm. Uh, I had heard you say one day on the show that you should cut one of them back before you brought it in, and I just wanted to ask about that because I didn't want her to be sure. leggy after bringing them which, in. Which one? Light. Which house plants do you have? Uh, you name it. I probably got it. <laughs> Start me with a list. Let's go two or three or four then. All right. Well, I've got shrimp plant yeah. and pintos and corn plant. Okay. Um Everything. I've got everything. Is the corn plant small enough you can bring it in the house so it doesn't scrape the seed yeah, or anything? Yeah, it's, it's big, but I can bring it in. Okay. Uh, is there anything too big you think that you need to cut back? Is there anything that needs some preparation before you bring it in? No, probably not. The first thing to do then is to make sure you do not bring in bugs with your plants. And that has been my downfall with my uh, Meyer lemon plant because every year I try my best to control the spider mites on it outdoors when it's controlled pretty well by natural predators and I don't seem to think I have any spider mites on but when I bring them inside I spread them good but I bring them inside and by January the spider mites have eaten up my leaves on my on my Meyer lemon so one thing you can do with all your plants is to do a real good examination of the leaves of the twigs and the stems make sure there's no mealybugs make sure there's no um, <laughs> make sure there's no praying mantis egg cases on them because that'll really wake you up one day when you look on <laughs> your plants. They have all these hundreds of little praying mantises <laughs> climbing around on your plant. Um, just do a good, thorough examination. Time to do that, by the way, is around 3 o'clock this afternoon when the Bulldog game starts because you can listen to the football game and examine your plants <laughs> one by one. You're entertained and accomplishing something at the same time. So um, examine them good. If there's any that need repotting, this wouldn't hurt to repot them now, although spring would be better, but you can still do it now. It's as small as you could do that. Bring them inside, put them in a window that gets as much sun as you possibly can provide, and there we go. The time to do it, I guess, Karen, is when nighttime temperatures are in the 50s. And Kirk says it's good. It's 50 degrees tonight, 49 tomorrow, so trending downward. That's about those signals to look for, 50 degrees at night and trending down. All right. All right. <laughs> and remember that the watering inside the house is going to be different from watering outside. They use a lot more water outdoors. And so keep go back to your digital watering uh, method, which would put your finger inside the soil every week or so. And if the soil is dry, water. If the soil is damp, don't water. That's the easiest way to know when to water your indoor plants. So just use your digital water meter on the end of your finger. Okay. All right. All right. That's what I need to know. I got a lot of them. So, as far as treatment, I did treat a lot of them um, a few weeks ago with um, an aphid, uh, you know, white fly yeah. type of uh, systemic. Good. Just so that hopefully that'll take care of those before I bring them in. Yeah, that'll take care of it there. Hopefully it'll be a long game today, and so you can get all those plants taken care of. Okay. Thanks for calling, Karen. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's been a great Saturday morning. Jason Byers shows up music this morning. DeMarco, oh, what a man. Answering the phone calls. Doing a great job out there in the front. Ashley Fasker, by the way, is on uh, vacation, if I'm not mistaken, this week. So that's a great thing for her as well. If you didn't get your question answered today, you can always go to my website, WalterReeves.com. You can subscribe to our newsletter. There's always something fun and interesting in the newsletter for you to learn and see pictures of things that have bothered other people during the week. You can also follow me on Twitter, follow me on Pinterest, follow me on Facebook i got lots of things I post in Facebook, post and do Twitter things about during the week, too. Things that I think are interesting that gardeners should know about. 
So today, if you didn't get your question answered, as always, next Saturday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. next Saturday morning, I will be right there for another edition of Lawn and Garden. I will see you there. <laughs>